1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The alternative, underground, back alley, underbelly, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about and surrounding Seattle Mariners. Yo, we're back here. I know this isn't uh, coming out here on Tuesday morning. It's it's Wednesday morning now. Well, guess what? Here's my excuse. Uh, it's daylight savings time. It fucked my shit up yesterday. Uh, no, I, I I had a big error in the field, a big error, uh, downloading error. Um, basically lost the episode, but no big deal. Hannah was a, 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 an asshole about it, but he did the episode with me again today. But... the <laughs> The good news you can hear him in the background there, but the good news is we pretty much remembered what we talked about yesterday. We thought we had a great episode, so we think this one's great too. We, uh, you know, talk about the GM meetings that are about to start right now. We Give, uh, you know, a brief acknowledgement that the World Series is over, but the, listen, the Mariners are back in business right now, getting ready for 2023. We talk about the Mariners free agents that are becoming free agents, I should say. Talk about the hot uh, issue of the qualifying offer or not qualifying offer that Mitch Haniger is going to get from the Mariners. We also, you know, look at who else is going to be out there. I mean, the catalog basically has showed up if you think about it. Uh, or can remember back to when you used to get catalogs and looking through all the toys, maybe it's the Toys at Rush one, the Sears one. Uh, the East Bay magazine and you're like, Mom, I want this, Mom, I want that. Can you tell Santa this? That's basically what we're doing on this episode. Just checking out all the top free agents at the positions. Just doing an initial, you know, circling of this is a person we would like. Also, we get into uh, a little bit of hot gossip at the end of the episode, talking about Winker and his Instagram uh, scrub uh, debacle or drama that the fans are, you know, on his ass about. Uh, And, of course... Young Julio finding some love in Seattle. It, it, this is the the best love story since Sleepless in Seattle with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. All right, no, it's the best one since uh CR and Russ. And we're we're going to talk about that, talk about a little bit of fun concern. Just have a little bit of fun with it. Also again, we uh we will be back here next Tuesday on time with our <laughs> with our episodes. Bang out this 40 minutes so you can get right back into some <laughs> bedtime reading. Oh, yeah. I mean,
3: I was dead tired, pissed off that we're doing this again. I cannot believe it. Are you double recording this bullshit? Yeah, I, have, you checked I, have everything? Record-
2: yeah, I am. Listen, it is my fault. There I was mean, a- no
3: more excuses. I mean, this is the third time. We've done episodes three times. We've done episodes two times. We're good to go?
2: <laughs> we are good to go. And I'm going to leave all this public chastising here at the beginning of the episode. Yesterday, I had a very interesting end of the evening there. It, uh, everything just seemed to go to shit for me, including the the edit. We lost the edit. It's somewhere, it's gone. It was one hell of a show. So. Not, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. What is this? We. Okay, me. All right, me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well, how let's, about let's... them
2: Astros? Yeah, okay. So how about those Astros? <laughs> Hannah pumped up. Listen uh yeah we have to do we have to acknowledge here you know on on the podcast that uh you know we 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 have a new champion in major league baseball it is the uh houston astros uh let's just hope they didn't uh you know use any uh and methods to uh, win this one I think they did and they just kicked some fucking ass all year uh, but look the Mariners have closed the gap and the good news is right Hannah we're back on the clock working on 2023 now this is the 2023 season that's what we're here we're here talking about it we're gearing up it's the offseason program uh, right here uh, so what do you want to talk about today? Uh, I mean, what's 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 going on? We got. I think maybe the biggest brand new news uh, is got to be the uh, two two things. The biggest news has got to be one, the announcement that they're they're finalists, right? Scott Service uh, for manager of the year for the AL and uh, Julio, uh, probably the overall favorite for AL rookie of the year. Just more of a formality of announcing that. It seems like you know the julio things a shoe in It should be a slam dunk you know but uh the scott service one i i I believe you know he deserves it but also you know there's some tough uh competition out there you know with the cleveland manager you know tito uh francona what he did with the what 28 million dollar payroll with uh the cleveland guardians and then you had the big turnaround in um Baltimore and I their manager's name skip as uh, uh, Not on the top of my head right now, but uh, you know, he turned that team around I mean, they were on the Mariners heels there and, and everybody else in the wild cards, but Ultimately, you know, this is a Mariners podcast. Let's make a case for Scott service make a case for Scott service, Hannah
3: I mean the only case I'm gonna make is it's back-to-back years. He will not win manager of the year this year I'm sorry. It's going to Tito Francona um you know he uh he won his division he had that low payroll like you said they had no expectations he's an east, you know east coast bias type thing he was in boston he's going to get all those votes from that media um scott service yeah back-to-back years was in the conversation and you know he had a great year but um until he wins the division he's not going to win it in my opinion
2: that's a that's a that's a good point uh i if he doesn't win it this year you know when i'd want him to win it next year when hopefully we can you know coach up manage up uh gm up line up up and just step up and take out houston you know next year i think that's where you just be like all right this dude not only i know it's supposed to be based off of one year but look at what this guy has done with this team to get him to this point i yeah i i'm I like these manager of the year awards, but I do feel like it is, you know, a little bit subjective. I do feel like there is some East coast biased, of course, because baseball's so regional, but I mean, Scott service made a lot of really good moves. I mean, even, even the clinching home run was a, a pinch hit, you know, situation, a lot of good moves. I know that some of the, the playoff moves might be a bit, uh, you know, uh, talked about maybe in a negative sense, but I think it only has to do with the regular season, right?
3: Yeah. And I mean, I like Scott service, like you said, um, he, he's done a good job here. Um, he deserves maybe winning it. Um, but you know, like you said, uh, the main, you know, you talked about Julio winning rookie of the year. That's really the one that really counts because with a new collective bargaining agreement, if he does indeed win, we receive an extra draft pick, a high draft pick because of that. So that really means more to the organization. I mean, it's nice that Scott was to get that recognition, but we here in Seattle are happy with him and, you know, want him to keep succeeding and get us in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, the Julio one is the one that really matters for the organization, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And a lot of the AL rookies is a year in the last 10 years have gone on to have some good careers. There's good companies. There's also, we know about Kyle Lewis. Uh, you know, but the, you know, the book's not closed on him yet. It's yeah. And yes, you do get, you know, some compensation for that as an organization for the manager, it's more of a, you know, feather in the cap. He does have a contract. That's the most important thing I would think for a manager versus an award is just job security. And I think, you know, we'd like to think Scott services job is pretty secure for at least the, from the near to extended future.
3: Yeah, I mean it's all relative. It all depends next year, you know, um, how they, uh, how the team plays. In my opinion, the manager is just a voice, you know, of the front office. So that's kind of my opinion of things. And yeah, I like what he's done. But you know, let's say they're not performing, um, that doesn't mean that a change doesn't need to be made. That's not what I'm saying. But that's my opinion of the whole managerial situation.
2: We got it,
0: Hannah. So Lou Piniella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? There's something good under the sun. Sun Giant almonds
2: and speak speaking of you know where we where we're at now with with the season ending we're getting through all the awards but the gm meeting starting this week in vegas they're gonna be down in vegas all the general managers are gonna be down there with their briefcases their ties their 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 nerdy analytics crew will probably be with them their posse they're about to get wild in vegas uh, tell me what, what what actually goes on at these gm meetings hannah
3: um, from my understanding, it's, you know, just a, a get-together between the GMs to kind of, you know, talk about their teams, their clubs, what they're looking for, what, you know, the club might be willing to um, uh, get – I shouldn't say get rid of, but, you know, make some deals with. You know, it's just kind of a place to lay the groundwork with other clubs, maybe get deals started or talked about, you know, throw out ideas before the uh, – winter meaning start in the beginning of december so it's just kind of you know i would call it maybe like the tailgating before the game starts maybe yeah
2: i i i see i understand and i see that i see that uh i see that analogy and i understand that i understand also that this is kind of like that quiet gray period uh area period where right after the season ends there's like this five day you know wait or grace period to where you really can really do anything so vegas just seems like the perfect spot for these guys to go and have these conversations these conversations just that happen in vegas what happens in vegas stays in vegas kind of kind of seems like a perfect setting for it right
3: yeah I mean sure yeah exactly
2: um, so you know, as you were mentioning though, you were also saying we we're also talking about the big thing is the winter meetings, okay, so what what's the big contrasting thing about the winter meetings versus the g m meetings?
3: uh well, the winter meetings has always been more of a media skeptical or media spectacle excuse me um thing it's uh major league baseball um Network is there broadcasting all day, having GMs on, having managers, having agents, you know. It's a lot different because the agents are there and involved. And, you know, In years past, there's been a lot of big signings there, not as much lately. In the last couple of years, the signings have actually happened uh, before the winter meetings. but uh, anything can happen. It's just kind of like, it's the hot stove as you know and as baseball fans know and they're a really exciting time when a lot of news gets broken and Uh, some rumors start and it's just a big free for all of where guys can go and big free agents. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, it's really exciting during that four or five day week to uh, watch the network and see all the rumors and follow along about uh, who's going to be moving places and how teams will improve.
2: Yeah. And I think compared to the major league draft, this is so much more interesting because this is all stuff that can affect your teams right now and in the near future uh, versus the draft where you draft somebody. It's going to be years until you see these uh, draft picks you know either pan out or not and a lot of the times they they trade these people at these <laughs> winter meetings that you you draft um also it does sound like a media spectacle kind of has that like opening of jerry Maguire kind of feel to it It seems like to me kind of has that yeah like you said the nfl It kind of has more of that nfl draft uh nba draft you know feel than an actual draft right because in those sports a lot's where a lot of the big trades are announced and and made but at the major league uh baseball winter meetings that seems like when that happens it's usually right at the what beginning of december so you know roughly a month after the season so it's like a perfectly timed uh You know, event. Uh, You were saying it's a big media spectacle. Well, (laughs) maybe I got to get on down there. Maybe got to hit up Odyssey and be like, "Come on, the Rye Bread Mustard podcast needs to be down there on Media Row, right at the uh, winter meetings."
3: Absolutely. I mean, I need to see you right next to Major League Baseball Network. You know, right there in the uh, lobby of the hotel. You know, um, getting gas talking to players, talking to Scott Boris, you know, all the big wigs, you know, I mean, that would be really cool. Plus it isn't much of a, you know, it's not hard for you to get there. You can just drive down the five. (laughs) uh,
2: It's very close to Los Angeles. I might have to go check this out and see, see what we can uh, get out of this see who we can get i should say uh see what's going on check out the vibe of the town i wonder if uh you know fans travel to this like they travel to you know an nfl draft or any other meetings have you ever heard of fans going down there and being around this
3: i definitely i don't know if they're fans that have traveled or if they live in that same city but uh You know, I watch it quite a bit. I'm very interested in the hot stove and watching the rumors. And it's like the funnest four days of watching MLB Network. And uh, I've seen quite a few, you know, fans and people mingling throughout the um, lobby of these fancy hotels and being kind of in the background to these different shows so yeah i have seen fans there so i mean it's not like you need a press pass you would fit in perfectly down there
2: yeah (laughs) well i don't know if i'd fit in perfectly but i'd love to be down there but i will say you know going into this gm meeting uh by the time this thing ends we're gonna uh, figure out here big the big Big thing, and that's about Mitch Haniger. Let's talk about a little bit Mitch Haniger right now. I believe by the time this recording gets out here early this morning, this could be uh, you know be done or not done. They're supposed to be a qualifying offer for him, correct?
3: Um. Yeah, and uh, I I just read um this evening that the Mariners are not going to uh, offer it to him, and
2: that's what by reading that said, I. Right?
3: yeah and by doing that it's kind of a good faith thing to mitch you know as far as him being able to be a free agent right away go out on the open market try to get the best deal for himself and uh you know i just hope with mitch hope my ideal situation is is you know let's say he gets a, an offer that he really likes i hope maybe that him and uh justin or jerry have talked about hey If you get this deal and it's something you want, please, before you sign it, come back to us and let's discuss. And I hope that's where it ends up, between the two parties, at least.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, you just said an interesting name there, Justin. That is our new official general manager, correct, Justin? I don't know his last name.
3: Yeah, Justin. I believe it's Hollander.
2: Yes, he is now, at least for the title... He is now the general manager of the Mariners. Uh, but I have a hard time seeing Jerry just letting go of the reins, considering where we are in this build. We're almost to where exactly Depoto has envisioned this thing along with with uh you know Scott's service i I so i I really question what this GM guy is really doing. Uh, Not as far as like, what's he doing? I shouldn't say that way, but I mean, it does seem like maybe we didn't want him to go somewhere else. Maybe a bump in salary, bump in title. Also, uh, another idea I have is now can be a bit more of a buffer, you know, with, uh, you know, Jerry maybe takes a little bit of an emotional uh, attachment away from it because Jerry's been with like somebody like, for instance, Hanager um, for a very long time, you know, since he's got here, this is one of the original guys that, you know, he went out and got and, you know, now tough decisions are being made to where maybe somebody else could make this decision. And it's like, Hey, Hey, I'd love to have you here, but this is what my general manager wants to do. So that's what we're doing.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, kind of the vibe i've gotten you know as justin was with jerry down in uh in anaheim you know and 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 has now been brought up to seattle and has been with seattle last six years and you know it's kind of the next hot commodity and so they have he's been jerry's right hand man and got kind of a sidekick so they promoted him to gm and just listening to the final press conference this year i just kind of got the feeling that jerry would was kind of using Justin more as like the buffer and the guy that makes the calls to the agents and kind of deals with them a lot more. So yeah, um, there's a, there's a new guy in town, but it just it sure seems like he said that they're both on equal footing and it's going to be a collective decision as far as the um, decision making goes for the GM and president Jerry DePoto.
2: Yeah. And I feel like too, it does give another, you know, pretty intelligent a pair of eyes on what's going on and I think kind of removes you know Jerry I feel like if you're working on a project like I have you know anytime I'm editing something or I'm working on something that I'm writing you, you at some point to get it to where it needs to be where it needs to be you have to take your eyes off of it you have to get some fresh eyes and some fresh perspectives on it Just to maybe make the moves and you know cut things and walk away from things and add things that maybe you didn't think about because you've been you know obsessively working on this uh, i'm sure uh, jerry depoto and the organization's uh answer to this theory that i have is like no that's complete bullshit but I, come on this is a, that i feel like it's an intelligent thing also i think it's you know Also because, yes, Tapoto's moved up in the organization. Anyways, if I also heard quickly on this uh, one last thing on this Miss Handiger thing, if he does get signed by somewhere and it's a decently sized contract, the Mariners get a early draft pick, like uh, before the second round or second round pick. It just kind of matters on the money, right?
3: Oh, a compensation pick?
2: Yes. I see. I okay, think, I think it's at like know. fifty million dollars or more. You get this if it's less, they get this. So if Haniger does sign somewhere else, the Mariners do get compensation, or else they just have to sign him to the nineteen million dollar, which actually might not be good for Mitch. So I think, like you said, in good faith, uh, him being able to be a free agent doesn't necessarily mean he's not coming back here. It's just that deal, all of that that's been in place is null and void now.
3: Yeah, exactly, and I mean, Mitch Haniger, for how you know, at times has been really good for us. You know, he's just not a nineteen and a half million dollar a year type of guy, and I don't think he's going to get that on the on the market. But I could be wrong.
2: Yeah, and speaking of, you know, this is a good segue into other free agents for the Mariners. Uh, there are more there. There are there's Let's start with Haniger. Mitch Haniger. We talked about that. There's Boyd, who is our left-handed starting pitcher/slash bullpen pitcher that we picked up at the end of the year. Also, a Seattle product. We have, of course, Carlos Santana, you know the the man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, Adam Frazier, who also was here on, at the end of a a deal, and uh, backup catcher Kurt Caselli. So again, that's Kurt Caselli, Adam Frazier, Carlos Santana. Boyd and Mitch Haniger. out of these people that I mentioned right here, which one of these people do you think Hanno has the best chance of being back on the uh, opening roster for next season?
3: Um, I, I the one I would X off would be a no for sure would be Casali, just because I think uh Tom Murphy was it will be the guy next year to be the backup to. Cal Raleigh, Cal Raleigh's proven, you know, he's the number one catcher. And then with the option of Luis Torrens, if he gets arbitration or not. So I'll just say Casale's a no. The other guys, I guess I could see in some way or fashion, you know, I think there could be upgraded every position, but to answer your question, I think Matt Boyd would be the most logical in my opinion that could be, uh, re-signed on
2: this team now. Wow. So Boyd and Casale came together, right? Uh, are at the same Same time,
3: same team, different deals, I believe.
2: Yeah, and and Boyd has also, you know, made it pretty uh, clear like, wow, he loves being here in Seattle. He's a big, huge Mariners fan. Uh, so that's awesome. He's also been pretty effective. He's also left handed. Uh, you know, he also probably won't be too expensive. You will get that, uh, quote hometown discount probably out of him so i do see that point um i i gotta say with santana i'll just go through him real quick yes i could see him coming back depending on like what he's looking for you know if he's looking to play every day maybe this isn't the place if he's just looking to win maybe it is uh but yes i could with him being a switch hitter and being able to play you know back up first base there is a spot for him but maybe there's somebody when we talk about these uh, free agents in our, uh, you know, catalog section that just came in. We will, uh, we'll talk about that. And then you have Adam Frazier, which again you have to reimagine what he could be like without the shift next year. And you know, if you're wondering what that really means to the casual fan about the shift, that means you can't take your second base or your shortstop and your third baseman against a left-hander and stack them into the outfield or on the right side of second base isn't that correct
3: yeah exactly um yeah they can only be two guys third and short and second and first on their separate sides of second base like you mentioned and then each infielder has to have their feet on the dirt not you know in the outfield grass like uh it has been for the last few years of players yeah. Playing in deep right field and and so on.
2: Yeah, and with Frazier, you know that that the shift really seemed to you know seemed to kill him. But most of his career so far, he's been playing in this era. You never know. He's a guy who can play some second base, play some uh, uh, left field. I just don't think he's somebody that you go, hey, if you bring him back, it's a starting. You're just kind of maybe in the role of where Dylan Moore is or Toro, which I I think he's a better player than them uh right now i mean they were hitting below 200 and frazier on a you know bad down year was still still hitting 230 240 um and uh you know he he showed up there in the playoffs a little bit and you know he had a down year i'm not i'm not backing up his year but i you did see flashes and you did see some good streaks out of him kurt caselli yes i don't think there's any Real need for him right now, especially when we have Tom Murphy coming back from injury. We, of course, have big dumper, and we don't know what's going on with Terrence, and I think we have some other catchers that are free uh, free agents out on the market, plus some people in our pipeline. But honestly, after that being said, I know this just seems like maybe we just talked about him, but I think, honestly, I do see Mitch Haniger coming back um i don't think you're gonna see winker coming back i think he that down at the gm meeting that's what these guys are that's what they're they're handing out winker business cards and uh you know like free winker swag <laughs> down there trying to sweet sweeten the deal i could see them bringing hanniger back i don't think he's going to get the money out on the market like you said he is and I think he wants to be here and I think he wants to win and I mean again he wrote that article in the Players Tribune the year before It's the guy who bleeds Mariners blue he's the last guy from I believe from the old era before this from the canoe cruise air hangover era uh, he's the only one left on the roster or in the clubhouse um, and I I just feel like the Mariners right now need to solidify um, their corner outfield spots. At least you know what you're getting with Mitch already. And, but also, if you sign Mitch, uh, you know, you, I definitely feel like you have to get some depth out there. We don't know what we're going to get from Lewis or Kelnick. I was hearing something today about, you know, what's what's interesting about the Haniger re-sign is that, like, the way they may have thought this was going to go and maybe he was going to leave you, we're already penciling in that maybe Lewis was supposed to be your right fielder, you know, before all of this happened, or Kelnick would have developed at a different rate. So I think all of this has to go into to the decision making on Haniger. But ultimately, I see him coming back uh, before I see any of these other guys coming back. Believe it or not.
3: Yeah, I mean Haniger, I I can agree with that. You know, I think he's you know maybe not an everyday outfielder anymore, Um, even though he proved he could possibly do it. He's getting older, he's gotten a bunch of injuries. I'd like to see him more, maybe possibly in a DH role if he was to come back and split time in the outfield. As far as the other two we talked about, in Frasier and Santana, in my opinion, you can get much better guys other than those two. Those guys are C and D options, in my opinion.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
0: It's starting lineup talking baseball and you are in control. What's the problem?
2: Roger fastball. one inside.
0: You in control 40 superstars. Make Roger Clemens throw a fastball
1: or a curve. Oh, yeah. Have Dave Winfield bunt or hit for power. A real announcer calls the action.
0: Winfield waits. Hold it.
1: Well kid. Starting lineup talking baseball. What they do is up to you.
2: So c and option, well, guess what? You're saying, you know, you can find better options, but guess what? You're in luck, Hanno, because guess what has just showed up right now? What has just showed up right now is the Sears catalog, the East Bay catalog, the uh, Toys R Us catalog of uh, uh, baseball, available baseball players right now. Do you remember when the, the catalog used to show up for Christmas? and? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you start daydreaming and just writing up your list of what you were going to circle in the magazine (laughs) or you would circle the magazine and then you'd make a list and you'd give that to your parents and they'd be like yeah mm, sure
3: yeah they were they were many little phone books and for those of you who don't know what phone books are those those are things that came out as well that were about as thick, about an inch thick, that had telephone numbers in them. If you can believe that.
2: So back then, when that, when that magazine, that 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 uh, Christmas magazine, the J.C. Pennies or whatever one that would come, the catalog, Christmas catalog there's all the there's just so much stuff in there but ultimately you know you were maybe going to get one or two of these things so but anyways it's the first day that we're opening up this catalog we are going to be looking at these free agents that are in 2022 that are in our catalog here we're going to open this up and let's just go around the horn here uh and I'll, i'll name out i'll list some of the uh some of the items that are available here and which ones do you think uh are worth talking about and uh or which ones you think could be a good fit let's start with catcher obviously we know we got dumper we know we got murphy coming back uh but here's a list of people and we'll talk about it real quick we got uh, wilson Contreras, mike zanino former mariner mike zanino omar nevaez gary sanchez christian vasquez tucker barnhart kurt caselli jason castro roberto perez kevin po plecky still can't get his name right austin hedges stephen voigt who i think is retiring sandy leon uh robinson chirinos kurt suzuki andrew knapp and austin romine um you know If you don't mind me going first, I feel like if we were going to get somebody and catcher is not a big thing. The one person that I'm circling on this in in the catalog and being like, mom, uh, can you tell Santa about this is Christian Vasquez, former Red Sox current up to date until, uh, this free agency starts world series champion. Houston Astros. Also, I believe he's a Mariner killer. He's a good he's a good hitting catcher. He's thirty one. Obviously, right now we're saying dumpers are our big guy, but this is somebody that I could see being a DH, also catching. Maybe he could be part of a three catcher thing. Maybe we tr- are trading Murphy or we're trading Torrens for something else. If that happens, I think Gary Sant- uh, is not Gary Chanson. I think Christian Vazquez is a person of uh interest just because he did dh in houston we did see him not have to be behind the plate every day and uh you know but he also would give uh, maldonado the day off so just somebody that i think you, just someone somebody on the radar for me anybody on here for you or what do you think about that actually
3: um i really don't have anybody on the radar one for this reason i don't see the mariners using any capital to try to upgrade that position they have many more other needs in my in my opinion sure uh vasquez is a better catcher and player than murphy um and would be an upgrade obviously but i i honestly think you know he he was always been a starter you know when he was with i believe cleveland and then moved to boston and now in Houston. I don't see him you know, trying to be a backup, but he could be also. But could with, you see him as a D, um,
2: our DH? What if you're like, this is our DH option, which the Mariners like our DHs to be able to, hey, maybe play a little defense here or there. That's kind of what I was thinking about it.
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, possibly. I mean, he would be down the tier on DHs in my opinion. I think there's other guys I'd rather have.
2: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, here's another position. We're not like in desperate need of first base, you know, Ty France is the guy, but you know, let's just, let's just talk here. We got uh, Jason Abreu or sorry, Jose Abreu, Anthony Rizzo, Josh Bell, Brandon Bell, Yuri Guriel, Jesus Aguilar, Carlos Santana, uh, Michael Sano, and Toshi uh excuse me if I butcher this, Yoshi, Suitsugu. Is he
3: that new Japanese player that's posting that you're?
2: I believe so. Okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, my, my, opinion is, you know, Ty France had a good year and then he fell off. just like he did the previous year and both times he got hit. So, you know, is that coincidence or is that the player he is? But, uh, Carlos Santana did a nice job of of kind of, you know, filling in while he was hurt and being kind of that backup player. Um, Probably out of that list, you know, the guy that probably makes the most sense money-wise and kind of what the Mariners like to do is the uh, switch hitting first baseman that got moved to the Padres, Josh Bell. Um, He kind of would be my first pick and, I and as you've mentioned before when us talking you know before him going to um washington he was with pittsburgh and i was also able to play a little outfield i'm not sure if he's still athletic enough to do that but the mariners like guys to be able to do different yeah. things so we also got somebody. he's named, a guy that's probably on the list
2: yeah we got somebody named perry hill that turns you know rough around the edges outfielders and infielders that buy in defensive players that buy into working hard and making the changes to their body or to their footwork seem to you know do fine uh here in seattle so maybe that could be a factor the switch hitting uh, really works with what the mariners like to do you know lots of options they just love versatility, which I i also love too. I mean I think it's very talented when somebody can swing the bat both ways or play multiple positions. He definitely would be an upgrade to anybody on the depth chart on the Mariners that we've had. Uh again, 30 years old, so he's right there in his prime right now. And uh I think that guy could be a fit with Ty France on this team. And like you said, this would be a younger uh Upgrade to Carlos Santana, maybe almost kind of similar to what maybe Santana was like, uh, you know, f- five, six years ago where he was just a, a scary guy up there at the plate all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, now let's get into the area that is concerned. We've talked about this before. You've heard about it, uh, especially here at the press conference. The Mariners are in the market for... Another middle infielder, whether that's a shortstop or second baseman, it's, it seems subjective to what the message was from DePoto, uh, during the press conference, right? He kind of danced around the fact that, Hey, from the year before where JP was our shortstop, was the Mariner shortstop, signed him to, you know, a five-year extension, this deal, put a lot of eggs in the basket on him to be the Mariner shortstop at this press conference. It seemed like he still was committing to that, but a little bit less. There was maybe a little a backdoor way into getting JP over to second base. There's I've heard some comments about that. There needs to be more versatility at second base since they aren't doing the shift again, so that the second basements are going to have to cover a lot more ground. Going to have to be a little bit more athletic. Maybe somebody that's a shortstop could move over there. They said. Even though there's a lot of shortstops being available in this draft basically Jerry said we're looking for a shortstop that can play second base But also it seemed like he didn't completely shut the door on moving JP over and with JP only hitting You know 250 last year kind of having a down year or some regression from the year before at the plate and in the field There's some speculation that you know with a very rich shortstop uh, pool here um, and free agency and a couple of good second basemen were definitely Mariners are definitely, I should say going to make some sort of splash or impact right here. Wouldn't you say with these second baseman and shortstops?
3: Yeah, uh, they need to. I mean, there's a down position and down area for the team. In my opinion, uh, as they said, it, like you mentioned at that first conference, the team needs the length of the lineup. It's, Struggled, you know, in the playoffs in that Houston series and you saw how much better of a lineup Houston had. So, yeah, that's, those are two positions that need to be tinkered with okay. and upgraded.
2: Absolutely. And so let's just kind of let's I'll start with the second baseman. It seems like maybe we'll get another shortstop, but let's let's go. We got Chris Owings. We got Hanser Alberto, Jose Peraza, Jonathan Villar, Radu Cesar Hernandez, Josh Harrison. Adam Frazier, and then somebody that I th- we've talked about on the last episode, so maybe let's not talk about him too much here and waste everybody's time, is Gene Segura. He's, oh, I think we were wondering if he was shortstop second base. Obviously, in the World Series, we noticed he was playing second base. Hell of a hitter, Gene Gene, the hitting machine, former Mariner. You know, it seemed to be uh, a nice little uh, match here Something happened in the locker room with him and Dee Gordon, altercation. Next thing you know, Gene Segura's gone the next year, even though we had just signed him to a contract. So this contract, actually, that's ending is the one that uh, DePoto and the Mariners (laughs) put together for him. Um, But, yes, he's a free agent. I think if there's anybody out of the second baseman group, that if I was just grabbing a second baseman, I'd try to get him. And I would also – the only other, like, really young one that seems like could, I just, I don't know. They're no on Hador Harrison. I don't know. It's getting, getting up there a little bit. Uh, I could see Gene Segura playing second base. I just, I could, I just don't know if it's for the Mariners. I think he's going to get a pretty hefty contract, wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah, I would say so with, um, I would say, I would say, yeah, I would say so with, um, him declining his seventeen million dollar a year option, you would think uh, he feels that he can get more on the open market.
2: Yeah, I mean he is thirty three. uh um, I don't know. I mean, I know last episode I was going, hey, maybe there could be a reunion, but we don't know what the again what the relationship is like uh, off the top of our heads right now. But let's move on to the shortstops. This seems to be the biggest talk of, cause look at this list. This list is insane from the top. There's Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson. Those are your one, two, three, four. Those are the big dogs, right? That are going to command a lot of money, get some big contracts. And then there's Elvis Andrews, Jose Iglesias, uh, Alison Escobar, uh, Simmons. D strange Gordon. They just got Gordon in here. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez and DD Gregorius, uh, to me, uh, it seems like this to be, I don't feel like we're going to get Turner. He's the East coast guy might be a huge, huge, huge contract. Same thing with Correa. I think he wasn't happy with what he was about to get last year, but maybe going to make a big splash. And then you get down to Xander Bogarts also gonna make some money, but this dude's won a lot. He's played a lot of playoffs He's got two World Series under his belt. I believe he's only 30 Uh, You know, he's got a 10.4 on the war He this guy seems like my my pick out of these guys if I could get it You could probably put him over to second base to keep JP happy But I know that's something that you're that's not your top concern. What do you see right here? And what do you feel that could be? realistic
3: um, In my opinion, you need to sign any one of those four top shortstops and move JP over. I think that's the only way to improve this team. Otherwise, if you don't and you leave JP, those not, those second basemen, your name, and they just don't do it for me either, then you got to figure out some way to make a trade and acquire a better second baseman. I mean, there's guys out there, and I know we're not talking about trades this episode. We're just talking about free We're just free looking at the catalog. We will talk about that down the road, but that would be my opinion. Get one of those four shortstops and move JP over. If not, you know you got JP there. You're gonna have to make a trade to upgrade at second base. The free agents at second base and the catalog just aren't there for me.
2: Yeah, you just. Yeah, this is the page in the catalog I'm ripping off and putting on the wall. All right, <laughs> these are the guys. I'm with you. I just said I would like Bogarts to be my guy. I'm just trying to be realistic. Shit, I would love if they got a Trey Turner. You know, if that's somebody that we're building around. I mean, Turner is, uh, you know, let's see what his age is. Sorry. Turner's, he's 29. Correa's 28. Bogarts is 30. And Swanson is 29. I think these are their ages that they're going to be right there. So all these guys are in their prime. They've worked to this point to where they are you know, deserving of a big contract. Definitely somebody you can build around for the next five to six years, you know, with Julio, with Dumper, with the young pitchers. Really interested to see that. Going over to third base, though, not a big uh, need. We have the depth on defense. We also, you know, we have our guy, Suarez, you know, Eugenio. He's put together one hell of a year, and it seems like he's going to build off of that. You know, he came back from some injuries, you know when he was a, just a salary dump in the Winker deal. Uh, obviously, Perry Hill and Manny Acta got him right, and he's crushing the ball. Happy to have him there, but just you know, for the sake of the catalog, or, you know, even though we're thumbing through this quick, let's talk about it. We got Justin Turner, Joey Wendell, Brandon Drury, Jace Peterson, Evan Longoria, Donovan Solano, Matt Duffy, Charlie Culberson, here yeah. Adriana. I said that wrong. Brock Holt. Uh, Phil Goslin and Travis Shaw for me uh, I I'm, I'm not really shopping here uh I think maybe we maybe a Brandon Drury right because I think he plays other positions he would be an upgrade to again our utility depth would who who would you could you see realistically being a mariner
3: No I agree with you I mean Eugenio is our guy he proved it, you know, for many years getting the long ball with his bat, but he sure came out last year and played a heck of a defense. He made Kyle Seeger an afterthought, you know, as far as Absolutely. defensively, but um, yeah, I agree with you. Brandon Drury would be a great guy, you know, maybe not as a starting third baseman, but as a guy that can play all the middle or play all the infield positions, you know, that could be subbed in and out, you know, for guys for days off. I know the Mariners like to kind of roll that way and You know uh it depends on how much he's looking to have he had a great career year last year with cincinnati and san diego but yeah he would be a a heck of a bench guy and an upgrade for a infield um reserve player
2: yeah so now let's get to the outfield which is another place i feel like that we're looking for we're circling a lot of stuff this is a need this is this is some toys that that we want uh, we we definitely, the, the Haniger situation, the winker uh, drama, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Uh, and then you have the question mark with Kelnick and the question mark with Lewis. Uh, so I would think the Mariners are going to get at least one to two uh, free agents in the outfield. Obviously, Julio's playing center right now, so... Even though they're center fielders and left fielders and right fielders, I'm just going to go through all these names really quick. And as I'm doing this, think of just a couple of these people that you would, you know, preliminarily be like, ooh, I think that would be a good fit. We got Joey Gallo. We got Andrew Benintendi. We got Adam Duvall, AJ Pollock, David Peralta, Jock Peterson, Robbie Grossman, uh, Jerkson Profar, Aldemus Diaz. We have Mitch Hanniger, Will Myers, Tyler uh, Naquin. Michael Conforto, Dexter Fowler, Steven Piscotti, Cole Calhoun, the Mariner killer Cole Calhoun, I should say, and then somebody named A. Aaron A. Aaron Judge. He's thirty-one. Aaron Aaron Judge. I don't know Aaron Judge. So those are your outfielders right there. Outside of you know the ultimate wish, the ultimate toy, the the Millennium Falcon, the PlayStation Six in our in our Christmas catalog uh, is Aaron Judge. Obviously, you know if. You were a Star Wars fan and you could get Star Wars tour. He's like the Star Wars Millennium Falcon or the, or the uh, uh, Ewok village. Um, he's the whole uh, Super Nintendo setup. Uh, that's the guy. That's, that's going to be the guy setting the, the market, I believe him, and, and probably Trey Turner, but obviously Judge, I think. Besides him, what outfielders, just a couple of outfielders right here that you think would be a good mix from this list?
3: Um, so the names I'm going to give you that came up, you know, I think would be good guys to be in the outfield and also possibly bench guys. So I'm going to go with, uh, Joey Gallo, Josh Peterson, Brandon Nemo, and Michael Conforto. Uh, on those guys, you know, three of them are left-handed power hitters. Um, I think that's something that fits well in this ballpark. And I would like to see some left-handed power off the bench. You know, and as we talked about, if Mitch Hanager could be signed as maybe a DH, and I know we haven't gone over the DH positions with the righties, I think that would be a nice, powerful lineup uh, with the righty lefties. So those are kind of the uh, four names that popped in my head. And Brandon Nemo, I believe, is a right handed hitter. Um, I don't, I can't say that for sure, but um, I believe so.
2: You know, I agree. These are all the names that I think make make a good uh, would make a good contribution. There's so many of them right here that I know we're going to kind of here in these uh, episodes coming up, kind of focus more in on positions. We're just kind of flipping through the catalog here, and uh, let's move on to the DH. Let's move on to the, oh, tired there, huh? So the let's move on to the DHs. I mean, <laughs> DH, listen, DH is something that we, we need. I like, we need hitting. I know Depoto and service and everybody wants, you know, these guys to be able to play in the fields, but straight up, if we get somebody that just mashes the fucking ball all the time, who gives a shit? That's what they don't, a DH doesn't hurt you out in the field. So who gives a shit, right? Let's get somebody hit. Here's the list. Here's on here. We got JD Martinez, Michael Brantley, Matt Carpenter, Andrew McCutcheon, Trey Mancini, Nelly Cruz. Charlie Blackman, Jake Lamb, Jed Lowry, Alex Dixon, and former Mariner, Justin Upton. Uh, obviously, for me, I would pff, the top two guys interest me. J.D. Martinez, for sure. Michael Brantley, still, you know, maybe not going to command a lot of money on the market, especially coming off a shoulder injury. Could be a good fit. Um, you could also just get him away from the Astros. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, J.D. Martinez, though, obviously a stud. Those would be my guys. Carpenter had a bounce back comeback season, might be comeback player of the year, but I'm not I'm not too sold on him. And same thing with McCutcheon and Mancini and, you know, Cruz. I don't know. I just feel like if you were going to get somebody on here that's you can maybe depend on for next season and a few more, it's it's got to be J.D. or Michael Brantley.
3: Yeah, I agree with you totally there. I mean, Michael Brantley has been a great hitter. He's um, definitely getting up in age. Hard to say how um, how much he's going to contribute. I know his power numbers aren't quite there. Uh, but, you know, I would like to offset, you know, our DH with, uh, you know, the right-hander. And J.D. Martinez, that would be a, a, a big thing to me. I mean, even though he would leave Fenway, I still think he's got the power to play in T-Mobile Park. So, yeah, that would be a nice upgrade. But he is strictly a DH, and the Mariners like to move guys around and stuff, as you've talked about throughout this episode. So it's hard to see them going that option, but it would be a nice upgrade to this team.
2: Right. And like, just to finish up here, we have the starting pitchers and the relief pitchers. There are so many of them. This is like that part of that catalog. You just sweep, you're just going through Now we're looking at ties. Now we're looking at bed sets. Now we're looking at clothes, like none of the fun stuff because the Mariners aren't really shopping for pitchers. We're maybe trying to improve the, the five spot. Um, so I'm just going to maybe, you know, just name off a couple of the guys here down to the point where we're like, is this person better or worse than Marco Gonzalez? Right. You know, that's kind of like the, the measuring stick we got, we got Carlos Rendon, Clayton Kershaw, Jacob deGron, Nathan Ebaldi, Chris Bassett, Tyler Anderson, former manager. We got Verlander. We got Kyle Gibson, Kluber, Martin Perez, Sham, uh, Sean Manaya, uh, Jose Quintana, Jamison Tellion, and then now we're down to Taiwan Walker. And that's about where I'd say I'd stop there. I, nothing really jumps out to me here that really makes a whole bunch of sense. That's a, it's, oh, like a huge, huge need. But if I was going to get somebody on here, I'd just try to get maybe, uh, um, I don't know, I guess I'd try to find a lefty, right? So, I mean, it'd be great to bring Tyler Anderson back, but, you know, he's also probably looking for another big deal after especially after last year i don't know it's kind of tough
3: yeah and you, you know tyler anderson you mentioned him and i before and you've mentioned the shift quite a bit and you know a guy like tyler anderson even marco gonzalez you know pitch to contact player or pitcher you know they might not be as strong this upcoming year with the shift going away so that's something to think about and with the Mariners, you know, they might try to deal Marco or Flexon for, you know, another position player. And if they were to bring in a pitcher, I mean, you mentioned maybe a lefty. I wouldn't mind seeing maybe Martin Perez, you know, the yeah. former yeah. Ranger. He was an all-star. And um Walker is always a guy. I mean, fifth starter, both of those yeah. guys would be good pitchers. Taiwan Walker
2: is only going to be 29 next year. But also we have players coming up the pipeline. But yes, you know Jerry's going to be trading and stuff. And let's just finish off really quick. Probably one of our another one of our not needs is uh, the relief pitchers, right? We got Edwin Sugar Diaz right here, 29 years old. But it's reported, I think, a five-year deal with the Mets it says right here on MLB.com that this is possibly going on. We got Greg Kimball, Kenley Jansen, Taylor Rogers, Andrew Chafin, Michael Fulmer, Chris Martin, Chad Green, Raphael... Montero to start off the first 10 right there. I mean, it's kind of hard to say what you'd want to go get and pay for in uh bullpen. I know uh we still have a lot of young good arms coming up through the the ranks. I really don't have an opinion about who I'd go get out here. I I mean, Rafael Montero seems like maybe you could get him back here, you know, back under the tent, but also I don't I don't know. Not a big No, league. I'm
3: with- yeah, it, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, the Mariners have quite a, a number of pitchers um, to go into uh, the regular season and spring training to see who can fight it out and win a uh, job. You know, they still got Baraki and all those kind of guys. But um, I guess the one name that I've heard and read about is that Jason guy, the former Tiger uh-huh. that's been mentioned, so, I mean, yeah. that's just a name to throw out
2: there. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great to add I feel like a veteran that can just that has got this cold blood that can go out there and and bend it not break. Just that somebody with some experience to go along with a lot of these pitchers that we have out there. I mean, some of these guys were starters that we converted into relief pitchers. So, I mean, you, you never know. I I mean, Houston obviously had just a bit better of a bullpen than us you know quite you know just like a, if we were an a minus bullpen they were an a plus bullpen and um that's just something that you hopefully we can get better at but also if we add more offense you don't have to lean on this so much that's how it works right? uh but anyways that's our that's our first thumb through the catalog uh you know we're running out of time here we will get more in depth on these
1: Power. I have a little project. Edgar Martinez has it. And so does Eagle Hardware and Garden. The best selection of power tools. The most powerful brand names. Because if you don't have power, you're not in the game.
3: Oh. Now this is what I call a bat. Eagle
1: Hardware and Garden. More of everything.
2: But of course, as promised in the intro, some page six, some drama. We're calling it Hannos, uh, Hannos hot gossip. <laughs> Let's call it the Hannos hot gossip uh, corner. All right, we got two things on here, <laughs> Hanno. What are what are the two? What are the two things people are gossiping about? What are all the gossip? What are all the gossip queens talking about? When it comes to marriage? Well, I have
3: seen, I've seen that our buddy and uh, Jesse Winker as. Um, flushed his social media um about the seattle mariners and uh took him down all his posts that has uh, talked about the seattle Mariners. i believe it's instagram is that what is that is that the case
2: yeah it seems like he pulled a he pulled a uh, a Kelnick and took all of his mariners stuff down when i heard about it i haven't went and looked i don't i don't follow jesse winker anymore um uh, I heard about it, and I was also like, "Well, how much Mariner shit did he have on there? He didn't have a lot, a lot of highlights. I don't know. Maybe the fight footage, uh, maybe eating the pizza. No, I know he won a couple of games for us, but I mean, it seemed like we've talked about him a lot on here. There seemed to be more uh, things you wouldn't want to post on, on your Instagram when it comes to when it comes to him, right?
3: Yeah, I mean. I did see today Ryan Divers said that uh, he talked with DePoto and Winker has indeed had his knee and neck surgery and he should be ready to start swimming the bats here soon and be ready for spring training. So there is that little bit of a nugget for you from the uh, president of baseball operations, Jerry DePoto.
2: Well, thank you for that nugget. And what else do you got?
3: (laughs) Uh, The new Seattle power couple, I guess, uh, um our, our hopefully rookie of the year that will be announced with julio rodriguez has got a new girlfriend uh she's a soccer player with the seattle rain tell me about what's her name myron
2: jordan uh jordan is her first name her last name is hold on one second uh it's jordan it's a Houtema. jordan hutama she's a uh uh Paris Saint German player. Oh, see, so, so listen, yeah, she is a Seattle one, but uh, there's two reports. There's this, the United States one where I've seen, um, you know, it has this nice picture of them walking together and they, it's their Instagram, right? And they got their, it's like their fingers are locked and it says, Seattle's been a good, Seattle has been good this year, is what she said. And it's a joint post, the J Rod show and her, uh, they're walking here and, got a beanie on some torn jeans and a, i'm believing this is a julio jersey and he's wearing her uh her soccer ol rain stuff and they're gazing into each other this is a this is a pr dream come true for, for seattle sports right
3: yeah and, like i said it's a power couple
2: right And but when i click on this uh daily uk mail one there's a whole different thing it says uh instead of their title is this Paris Saint's germain player um Jordan he- Jordan puts Romeo Beckham rumors to bed as she goes public with baseball player Julio Rodriguez it's a much more scandalous uh, article you can find it on Daily Mail if you uh google uh Julio uh Rodriguez girlfriend uh uh so Basically, this is all about. She was hanging out with Romeo, but now she's hanging out with uh, Julio's Basically, the article that is on here. Uh, maybe we'll get more into this on the next episode because we're running out. And the pictures are different. Okay, uh, they just they just report differently, and the pictures are different. Uh, they said that she was hanging out with Romeo, but on Tuesday, Jordan shared a couple of pictures of herself with Dominican player Julio, known as J Rod, as if we he's i guess nobody knows who's writing seattle's been a good year but the picture that they use in this article is who this must have been after we clinched the playoffs but julio has got his t t t-shirt on hat on backwards and he's either talking to her in the ear or about to give her a kiss and he's got this he's got his arm wrapped around her tight uh it's more and then below is the the instagram one um so the one they're holding hands this other one looks like maybe there's been a little bit of champagne or beer flowing it looks like one of those kind of smoochy pictures here on the daily mail so go check that out on the daily mail anyways that's hano's uh hot gossip corner for the week oh i will say before we get out of that the main concern here right if, if there is a concern about this it does bring back those triggering uh those moments of of Russ and CR, right you know that it, even though this is totally different it does it doesn't it does give you that like okay we're happy for you Julio but uh what's gonna happen but I think there are two different two different types of personalities I don't think it's gonna be a big problem she's also an athlete you know, a local athlete so um I think it's a good thing I think it's good for Seattle especially after we had the last power couple what do you think
3: yeah i mean you brought up that daily mail thing i i think what i saw was he was dating some premier league soccer player who was like the best soccer player uh, from canada so you know there is that the kind of drama you're talking about that they just broke up and now with julio so i mean is this a I, I mean, I hope this isn't a future-type Sierra-type thing I, that you're trying to bring up. I don't know. I mean, this is just Hannah's thought take.
2: I, I shouldn't even put that out there. I shouldn't even put those kind of vibes out there. I just said, I don't know. I got triggered all of a sudden. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, happy for Julio. He seems like a really nice guy. Um, also, yeah, she traded from a soccer player to a baseball player. Sorry, baseball players are more interested so that's a good upgrade for her. Anyways, uh, again, thanks for uh, listening. We'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode, but make sure you're subscribing and downloading <laughs> these. <laughs> what, what?
3: No, we might be back next Tuesday. We'll see depending on how, uh, how things, um,
2: yeah, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back next Tuesday with some more updates from the, the GM meetings. Just talking about that and whatever, whatever else uh, you know, uh, Instagram and Twitter world drama we can find with our when our hot gossip handles hot gossip corner. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for liking, subscribing, and downloading these episodes. There will be bonus episodes coming. You know when you're downloading, and subscribed, and there's no guessing game. Uh, again, thanks for listening to us here on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast, uh, especially Apple Podcasts. We love the Apple Podcast. Uh, you know, if you have the iPhone, just hop on that Apple Podcast and uh, subscribe, and these will download right to your phone when the new episodes come out. Uh, again, we'll be back in uh, about a week. Um, yeah, Hannah, you know what fucking time it is. Oh, shit. It wasn't recording. Just kidding. No, I got it. it.
3: Yeah, let's do it again. That sounds
2: fun. No, fuck no. All right, we're out of here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...